Welcome to Let's Chat Teaching, an Apple Tree Resources podcast where each week we'll dive into all things teaching in the grades 5 to 8 classroom. I'm your host, Nicole Sanders, a classroom teacher turned online pro D course creator. I'm here to help you strategize, unpack, and create more ease in your classroom this year. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Chat Teaching. I'm your host, Nicole Sanders. And today's episode, we're going to talk about five teaching hacks that make teaching easier. There are five different things that I've thought about that have really brought more ease into my teaching. And we're going to just take a dive into what those five are today. If you want to look at the previous episode, go back to the episode just before this one. I did uh, an episode on five life hacks that make teaching easier. So that's five life hacks that make teaching easier. That's the episode just before this one. Today, we're going to talk about five teaching hacks. So things we do in the classroom, things we can do in the classroom as teachers to make our lives a little bit easier. And these are things that I have done and I did trial and error with and have really found that these five things have really brought a lot of ease into my, a lot more ease into my teaching career. Take a listen today. I know there's going to be something in here for you. Take what you think will work for you and leave the rest. There's something called the 1% rule. Um, There's a book on it. It's called the 1% rule. And basically the thesis is or talks about how if we incrementally improve our practice of whatever it is, 1% at a time, it's an aggregate stacking, basically. Like if we improve our career or profession by 1% for a quarter, and then one more percent, and then the next year, another 1%. The idea is that those 1% stack so that you'd be 3% better than you were before. I just love that idea. I love that we can improve or incorporate things into our teaching that will make our lives easier and make our teaching career easier. And I really do think that it is stackable. If we shift one thing at a time, that becomes part of a habit that we do. And then we look at something else that we're going to shift and we're going to try something new, bring a bit more ease into it. And then we make that part of a pattern. And then now we're 2% better. I think that's such a great way to look at improvement. And it's also important to be aware that we're not going to take on everything all at once. We're just going to do 1% at a time so that it's not overwhelming and that these things actually stick. Anyway, all that to say, we're going to go over five different teaching hacks that make life as a teacher in the classroom easier. So take what you think will be easy for you to implement and make a pattern and leave the rest. For number one, these five things are not in chronological order. There's no order to it at all. But number one is I don't take work home on weekends. This took me years to learn. I didn't for a long time. And it took me yeah, a few years to learn that this is a boundary that I was going to be putting down as a teacher. I can hear some of you thinking that's not possible. Let's just skip to number two. And I just want to pause here for a minute. We want to remove ourselves from the situation for a second here. We want to look at it like we are employees of the state or province that we're working in or school district, however you want to look at that. So as professionals, we get paid per hour. Some of us disagree with that and we get paid for what we do. But if we look at an equalizing way of looking how we get paid as teachers, we can equate or divide how many hours we work by what we get paid. I think most of us would agree that we are severely underpaid as teachers. And so it'd be worth your time to do the exercise to look at if you worked 40 hours a week, 
which we know that most teachers actually work a lot more than 40 hours a week. But if we look at 40 hours a week and divide our pay by 40 hours a week, then you can look at and see how much are you getting paid per hour as a professional teacher. And then to look at the job, it's not to take over our entire lives. And if we let it take over our entire lives, then it will impede on family time, on marriage time, on friends time, on mental health time, on everything. It will take over railroad and then we'll quit. And I went to school, I don't know about yourself, but I went to school for five years to become a teacher. I got my bachelor's of arts and then I went and got an extra year for my bachelor's of education. And that's a lot of school. That's five full years of university to do, to be the professional and to be the teacher that, that I am. And I think it's really important that we set boundaries as professionals. And so if we take work home over the weekends, then what we're doing is we're getting paid less per hour than we would if we put the boundary down and only worked within the 40 hour work week. 40 hours is a lot. You're working more than you know, maybe consider looking at how you can squeeze that down. But 40 hours is a lot. And in order to rejuvenate, those weekends are extremely important. So I was starting to burn out very, very quickly. And I decided that in order not to, I needed those two days on the weekend to rejuvenate, meal prep, work out, see my husband, do something fun. And in order for me to just show up with a smiling face on Monday and not just dread my life. And so I stopped taking work on at home at weekends. Yes, that did mean that the marking piled up. But what that also meant was that I need to shift things in my practice as a teacher to build more space in to get it done at work. And so this is a big one, but it was a huge game changer for me. It allowed myself to have margin, a lot more margin in my life. And I highly recommend just looking at your practice and looking at how it would be possible for you not to take work home on the weekends. Sometimes, especially during report card season, that did require me to work quite late. And I chose to do that. I would work really late, probably for three days before report cards, and I would keep up on my regular planning during the week. And so like regularly. And so at report card season, I would just stay later for three days, but I kept that boundary of no work going home over the weekends. And I worked really, really hard as a teacher. I think we all do. And we're exhausted, but we we put our heart and soul into our work with our kids, with our students. And there should be a boundary of your time and work time. And I found weekends were, my, were that boundary and that really helped me. The second teaching hack that really helped me as a teacher was after school, I set a timer, literally. So like on my phone, I would set, set a timer <laughs> and an alarm. A teacher, a senior teacher friend of mine across the hall, I would hear at 4.30 every single day, I would hear ding, 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 ding. And I was like, what is going on over there? So finally, after I think probably two weeks, I went over there and I said, hey, what's going on? Like, why does this timer go off consistently? And she said, she sets a timer for herself that she could stay at school and work until the wee hours of the night if she didn't. She is single and didn't have anyone at home basically pulling her back to say like, hey, you need to have boundaries and come home. And so she found she'd stay late and and that it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay for her mental health and it wasn't okay to just be that available for teaching 
as a job and as a profession to have respect for herself. And so she set a timer. And so I thought that was quite revolutionary. And so I decided too. I looked at, again, my practice of teaching and I looked at, okay, what would be a reasonable time for me to set a timer for every single day to go home? And I chose a time. And I think all of our times are going to be a bit different. A lot of us will come in early, quite a bit early to get that stuff done. So then your timer after school will be very much shorter than someone who comes basically as the bell is going, you're running into the classroom. Then that person's timer will probably be a little bit longer, but it's your teaching practice and it's you are the professional in your own classroom. And so you get to choose what works for your life. That's part of one of the great things about teaching is there is a bit of flexibility on the when you come in and do that extra work during the morning or after school. And also you get to choose how much time do you feel that you you need to do a good job, but then also that's respecting yourself, your family, your friends, your mental health, where you need to say, nope, you know, me as a professional ends at 5.30, whatever the time is that you choose. So I did do that. I set a, I set a timer and that was super, super helpful. And when that timer went off, I guess this is like teacher hack 2.0 or 2.5. So when the timer goes off, I would make a sticky note basically of where I left off, stick it on my desk, and I would clear down my desk so that every morning I came in with a clear desk. Everything was organized, clear, and ready to go. And that was really helpful in making my mind, basically like clearing my desk, cleared my mind, and allowed it to start fresh every day, which felt really, really good. That only took about two extra minutes, and then I would head out the door. So yeah, five teaching hacks. Hack number two is set a timer after school when that timer goes, work is over. It's time to leave. Hack number three is using marking rubrics. I use a lot of marking rubrics. It's very clear what is expected or how students can succeed when students have seen a marking rubric. There's no guessing on how did I get marked for this and why did I get this mark? There's none of that in the rubric. You're highlighting exactly where that student is. And the hack here is that when I created directions for an assignment, I would do regular directions like we do as teachers. You just put directions and you write out the regular directions. And then underneath, I would just copy paste the rubric that I've created for that exact assignments. And so students would get the, the page with the title of the assignment, directions of the assignment, and underneath would be the rubric for the assignment. So there is no guessing of how can I be successful here? What is it that I'm being marked on? What does this assignment entail and how can I do well on it? So that was a definitely a teaching hack for me. It took me a long time to realize that these things together, it does require a bit of preparation. And so that usually comes, you know, after year two or three, but you can implement it earlier than that and do a few assignments at a time. And having that rubric on the directions, then when students hand in the assignment, they also hand in the directions with the rubric because you can mark the assignment right on that rubric that's right connected to the directions. And you can staple that to the back of the assignment if you want. And then there's no guessing. Parents, admin, students, yourself, no one is guessing. And it's just very clean and clear and it does not take any extra work other than creating the marking rubric before you create the assignment, which is best practice. So we know that that's not possible to do that for every single assignment right away. But if we're slowly implementing this into our practice as teachers, this makes us better teachers 
by allowing our students to know how to be successful and making things clearer for them. So directions on the top, rubric, marking rubric on the bottom, and then I mark right on that rubric. That is teaching hack number three. Teaching hack number four is being available for extra time and help after school. I know that a lot of us already are. I'm not saying that we aren't. But the hack part here is that I would actually, I create my name, Miss Sanders, in color and then laminate it and then put a magnet and put it on the board, on the top of the board. Underneath that, same thing, I would create a little sign that says, days after school, I'm available for extra help this week. Laminate that, put a magnet on the back, put it under my name on the board. Every Monday, I would go in and you can either write up the days that you're available with a whiteboard pen. Or what I did is I actually just created days of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, laminated each one, cut them so they're each separate. So I myself as the teacher have Monday to Friday magnet laminated pieces that I would put under that sign that says days after school, I'm available for this week for extra help. So every Monday before the school bell would go, I'd think about my week and think, okay, for 20 minutes or 30 minutes after school, which days am I available? So if there's a staff meeting or if I have a, an an IEP meeting or a parent meeting or whatever, if I was coaching, those days I wouldn't be available. So maybe I'd be available Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, or whatever the case may be. And I would only put those days of the week underneath. Then it stays up for the week. And then on Monday morning again, you redo it again. So this was such a nice little hack because first I laminated it and put a magnet on the back. So I used it for years. I just use it for years. It doesn't matter if you change classrooms. It's really easy to move. It's clear if you do write the days with a whiteboard pen, students tend to put their fingers through it and erase it. And so that can be frustrating. But if you have a laminated sheet of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with a magnet, it just stays up there. And students are able to look at that board because the board is at the front, right? So I usually put it on the top right, my name, the sign that says days I'm available for extra help after school this week. And then I'd put those week, those weekdays down. It's a good reminder for students that you're available, please. And I would say to students, you know, this is what this is for. Please come see me during this, what you can call office hours. Students are more than welcome to stay. If you need to ask a parent if you can stay or get different arrangements for pickup, that's great too. But you have time to see which days I'm available. I'm here for you. Please come see me. This really opens the door for students to ask questions. There's not a lot of students that will take advantage of this, unfortunately. But there are definitely students who do. And then that's that warm, open door for students to come in at those times. It's also, it frees you up. Like if you, every Thursday you have pickleball right after work, you're not available on Thursdays. And that's okay because you're available Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. You know, like that's very professional, clear, but it also gives a warm invitation for students. And if parents come in and they're saying, you know, my student's really struggling, they don't understand this, this or this, you can point to the board and say, and let them know. On Mondays, I write down, they're welcome to take a picture of it with their phone, if they have phones, and, you know, set up a time with a parent for extra help. And they can do this as many ta- many days of the week that they want to. And it shows parents that you're really there for the students, which you are. And it is up to the student when you're in grade five to eight to work with that and figure out how to get, you know, alternative rides home or whatever they need. But when parents know that that's available, then parents generally jump on board if their student needs extra help. And usually there's only a few gaps that need to be filled and then they don't need to come back over and over again. 
So that's teacher hack number four is making those days available for extra help after after school. Hack number five is I use interactive notebooks for almost all of my units. If you don't know what interactive notebooks are, highly suggest looking them up and also stay tuned for the next couple of episodes that we're going to be talking about interactive notebooks and how to use them in our classrooms. And we're going to like bust some myths and talk about the big, big controversy over interactive notebooks in the next couple of podcast episodes here. So be sure to tune in in these next couple of weeks. But interactive notebooks essentially are notebooks that students have that are very interactive, and that's where it gets its name, because it has notes, templates, reference materials, sometimes assignments. We'll talk about that in another episode. Sometimes when I th- when I think of interactive notebooks, I think of something that um, pops out or turns or flips or flaps. There's usually a lot of color, and it holds a lot of information and very clearly and it's extremely useful in the classroom. And we're going to talk about how it's useful and how we can use them in our classroom in the next couple of episodes here. But I absolutely love interactive notebooks for grade five to eight. They are the perfect age for this. And it makes my job as a teacher so much easier when there's an interactive notebook involved. It really brings a lot of fun, much more interaction and organization. And it's just something that I think is one of my biggest teacher hacks is to use interactive notebooks whenever you can. So those are the five teaching hacks that have made my job as a teacher easier. So we're just going to review. Number one, I don't take work home on weekends. Number two, I set a timer after school. Three, I use a lot of marking rubrics. And when I can, I put that marking rubric right on the directions page at the bottom. Number four, I put up every single week what days I'm available for extra help with laminated magnetic pieces that I make. Number five is I use interactive notebooks with any and all units if possible. Those are the five things that have really made my job as a teacher easier. I hope that there's something new here for you or there's something that you can remember of like, oh yeah, I used to do that. I should do that. Some of these things, you know, the 1% rule, don't forget, choose one, try one. Thanks for joining me this week. And don't forget to tune in in the next couple of weeks where we're going to dive into interactive notebooks. Have a fabulous week. If you'd like five free activities to use with any story you can use today, then head over to appletreeresources.com slash story activities. That's appletreeresources.com slash story activities to get five activities you can use with any story for free. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I know we're all busy and I feel honored you chose to spend some of that time with me. Until next time.